Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest for the week, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush. So coming up, the holiday where everyone is Irish. Yes, St. Patrick's Day or the Feast of St. Patrick, the cultural and religious celebration held on the 17th of March every year. The traditional death date of St. Patrick, the foremost patron saint of Ireland. Well, we all do our part to wear green, we eat corned beef and cabbage, attend many kegs and eggs places, but there are some things that we don't need to do on St. Patrick's Day. First of all, we need to get rid of those bad Irish accent imitations, holy shillelagh and uh, the kiss in the Blarney Stone and all that. We need to get rid of that. If you can't do it, just don't, don't do it. And not everything needs to be green also on St. Patrick's Day. Now, Dr. Seuss wrote the famous green eggs and ham, but let's be honest, have you ever seen green eggs? Not very appetizing at all. So maybe the doctor may have gotten this wrong. Scrambled eggs needs to be the same color as it normally is, and I'm not really a big fan of the green eggs. It might taste the same, but not very appetizing. So yes, the doctor may have gotten this wrong. Now I'm all for the Chicago River turning green or other things to celebrate, but how about the people that actually dye their pets green? I mean, really? Repeat after me, I will not dye my pets different colors just for the sake of that Instagram photo, enough already with that. It can be harmful to your pet. Instead of dyeing their hair, give them a nice green collar. It is much safer. Another thing that doesn't need to be green, mashed potatoes. I mean, have you ever looked at, I mean, people that have, have children, have you ever changed a diaper? Well, there you go. We don't want to see green mashed potatoes. It's just not a good thing. Lastly, the debate is whether or not beer should be green. I say whatever floats your boat on this. I'm not a big fan of green beer, but at the same token, you probably won't realize what color the beer is after spending a day of St. Patrick's Day drinking it. So that could be a good thing. So go to McSorley's in New York, grab your beer, dark and even darker green, or not green, whatever you decide to do, enjoy the day and the shamrock shake from McDonald's. With that being said, it's time to bring on my guest for the week. He is a very talented, award-winning musician who now lives in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome the great Javier Mendoza, also known as Hobo Kane, to Lens Burning Bush. And Javier, welcome. It is such a great uh, time to see you right now. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I guess today I should be Javier O. Mendoza, yeah. maybe. Yeah, we're all, you and I, it's the funniest thing. It's a Jew from the Bronx, and, and you're from Spain. We're talking about St. Patrick's Day. I think that's a, that's a funny thing. But <laughs> we're all Irish on St. Patrick's Day, like I hey, said. Absolutely, it's, absolutely. It's a great holiday. Now, do you guys, uh, you are, um, your wife is Irish, so you do I celebrate, love. right? You do celebrate. My wife is, uh, yeah, Irish descent, yep. and, uh, and uh, my son was born on St. Patrick's Day, so... That puts me officially into the into the spirit of uh, of uh, the holiday. Now, I also have a cousin, my my from my mother's side. My my mom's sister married an Irishman, so I have Spaniard cousins who are named Sean O'Kernine, Joe O'Kernine, and Caroline O'Kernine. So, and they're from Spain, which oh. so it's a it's a mesh. I love it. So does that mean you have to drink like Guinness beer and, and all that stuff or, or go to the you know, Irish beer? Well, when it comes to Guinness beer, I don't have to. I just I'll do it willingly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I love I love all different kinds of beer. But what about the green beer? Do you do you have a preference uh, on, on St. Patrick's Day for green? 
Yeah, I don't. I don't like any of that. In fact, uh, I've I've gotten I've gotten uh, heckled in high school many times when it was uh, you had to wear green and I never did. Uh, yeah. But I just mo- mostly I forget. I just I'm not big on that. I'm not big on Valentine. I don't. I'm no. not big on these things or the Cinco de Mayo thing. I mean, I'm always grateful that I get hired to perform on Cinco de Mayo, but I'm not big on these. Uh, I, I think made up holidays. I think we're kindred spirits when it comes to this. I don't like any of these holidays either. Um, right. I, I mean, think, I, I think they're great. I think they're great as what they are. But when I don't, what I mean by made up is this, you know, advertised and made into something that it may be not. But yeah, they go. Everything is a goes above and beyond. It is exactly. always a little bit much. You can you can have your little party and do whatever and and enjoy St. Patrick's Day because it is it is a fun time. And of course, be safe. Uh, with all this going on, the craziness, it has affected everybody. It, it has been affecting music, and, and we want to bring back the good, the good stuff about music, going to see live shows. Um, you know, I met you Absolutely. through uh, Jay Brandt and, and Cherie, and you coming to their house concerts. We need to have that. We need to, yeah. we need to go back to that. It's, uh, it's got to be rough. I know you've been doing your YouTube channel, and you're doing a lot of live shows, but how's that been going? Oh, it's it's hard. In fact, I, I just played um, my first real, I guess, you know, face to face show. It was an outdoor event uh, in February, but they set it up in a tent with the right setup, right distancing. And it was good. But it, I realized how out of touch I am with people that I've been interacting with them through live stream. And so all of a sudden I had them right there and I was I didn't know what to say anymore. I was like, how do how do I how do I handle myself here? So it took me a few songs to get back into the rhythm of things, but yeah, I, I miss I miss the connection. Uh, but for me, in fact, it's not worth it until until it's safe. So uh, the good thing is the good weather's coming back, and and I'll be doing some outdoor stuff. Well, that's that's important, and I and, and I would love to you know again you you know I'm, it's uh, it's great to be able to go to Jay's house and watch a great show, and and you usually highlight the uh, the year of events. So I'm hoping that we can get. We can get back to that. Why don't you tell the story? Um, you started out writing for Warner Chapel, but I want to I want to hear the sure. story about Ricky Martin. So give give me a little bit about that because everybody I'm sure everybody wants to know about Ricky Martin. No, I'm just kidding. But well, go ahead. I I don't I didn't I never met Ricky Martin. So I was basically when I got hired uh, to to um, I, I became a public uh, a writer for uh, this publishing company, which is Warner Chapel in, in Miami, and uh, I got signed after um, uh, basically a writer's round. And uh, it, they were, they were intention was for me to become an artist eventually, but I was a staff writer, so I was writing songs for um, you know Enrique Iglesias, uh, Ricky Martin, um, and it, in fact to this day I remember the the vice president of of Warner Chapel. She was kind of my 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 angel, the one that brought me, and then she passed away, so which is why I got lost in the mix, but. At the time, she was telling me, you know, you need to write things that are not so cerebral. And I remember I was like, I don't think I'm that cerebral. But I, I kind of was getting what she was getting at, especially Miami at the time. So as a joke, I wrote this song called Rubia Rubia Morena, which is blonde, blonde brunette. It's about a guy who goes into a club and falls in love with a brunette and then falls in love with the next blonde. Kind of like, you know, whatever was next that was beautiful. And it took me five minutes to write this thing. And I remember giving it to her well what about this and she was like oh my god this is the perfect song for ricky martin wow and and they shopped it but then it never it never placed so um again you know i was there uh, 
wrote for a guy named Carlos Robles, uh, for Emilio Stefan. Uh, but uh, anyways, I never really landed a, a number one. Just uh, was there writing for about two years and, uh, and then kind of was lost in the mix. Now you had the music bug from the from the beginning uh, with your your you know growing up with it a little bit and uh, sure. getting getting to perform after the writing. How did that start? Um, well, I was performing before that. I uh, in college I met this guy. I was writing songs in English when I, I went to University of Maryland in Munich, Germany, and uh, basically I knew I joined a, a band. I was their lead guitar player, which is funny because I I'm not a lead guitar player at all, but. They were not that good. So, <laughs> you know, we, we got together and we were called Picked Around the Curies and we did a lot of like uh, Indigo Girls songs. And and so they, they let me do two songs, which I knew. And so uh, at a party, we were I was singing this song and a really popular band at the time <clears throat> in the in the in Munich. They were from the States. Um, they asked me if I would open the show. And I said, of course. And I only knew two songs, but they didn't know that. They're like, we need you to cover 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah, I can do it. Oh, sure. So uh, I went on stage and I, and I performed uh, uh, Running to Stand Still. I made that song last about 15 minutes. And then I did a Bob Marley song. And that was it. That's all I knew. And I did two songs in 30 minutes. <laughs> and, uh, and that was the beginning. And I mean, the, that's, that was the, my first real live show in front of a real audience. Uh, and kind of just sparked something in me to want to perform. I did a couple of talent shows in college and high school, but that was it. I always wanted to be in front of an audience, you know. And well, it's good, and you, you're great in front of the audience. And you and you did St. Louis. You did a little bit at uh, Jay Brandt's place in, in St. Louis that that started it. Oh right yeah. There. Well, yeah. and in fact, I mean, the, my career really started uh, at Jay Brandt's place, Brandt's Cafe. Uh, um, I came up, I went by, and I said, "Hey, do you mind if I play in your place?" and he let me play on the street <laughs> next to his place. He was like, I don't know if you're rude enough. Yeah. And uh, I started playing and they started bringing in people. And so the next time I, I got in and then I was in and then it just kind of grew from there and got to a point where it was so packed that I started playing in other places. And But yeah, Jay gave me my, my start. Now you were performing as Javier Mendoza and decided to go with with Hobo Kane and sure. and what I love and this is even on your website and you talk about the fact that I've always been too rock for pop, too pop for alternative, and too Anglo for Latin. So explain sure. that because well, you know, well I've always been uh, all over the map when it comes to uh, as a writer. I have to I, I'm. I have to write about many things and, and many genres, and I love to write about many things and many genres. And uh, I grew up, you know, in so many places. You know, my dad was in the, uh, we worked for the civil service, but also was in the Air Force, Air Force. So I was an Air Force brat and lived in Germany, lived in the States, lived in Spain. And uh, you just move around so much. You start soaking in so many cultures and you hear so much music and so many things. And and so I think I was just uh, became a, a musical mutt uh, and really loved playing all kinds of things. And so um, I've always been every time I would be, you know, I'm, I'm Latin in the sense that I'm singing songs in Spanish. And I do have influence from my dad listening to Mexican music and and me growing up in Spain. And so, uh, you know, but I was into British rock and, and that's really the British rock is really what I what I loved the most, you know, Radiohead and I loved uh, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, all these kinds of things. And, and so you just, uh, you start, uh, 
becoming, um, oh, you're not playing too Latin. You're a little too Anglo. And then I would be singing stuff that, oh, man, yeah, this is too Latin. Or, <laughs> you know, so I've always been all over the map in that sense. And I think I've been too much for everything. And, and unfortunately, with my name, Javier Mendoza, people really will stereotype and have stereotyped me as, you know, Latin rock or, or Latin something. You know, Javier Mendoza has to come with something in Spanish. And I can do a show all in English. Yeah. And then all of a sudden do one song in Spanish and people go, man, I didn't understand a word you were saying in the whole show. But, man, that was great. I'm like, but I just I sang most of it in English. Right. <laughs> but it's just in your yeah. brain, you know. Yeah. So I thought moving to Nashville was a good opportunity to uh, just try a new persona and try a new project. And I mean, it's really basically me, uh, but it's just a new a new a new project. And me is great. I've, I've seen you perform and I love that you uh, do the looping. Right. Is that what that sure. is? Right? The, sure. you do it. And you know, it's funny because, uh, you know, people like Ed Sheeran had done it and other stuff. But sure. I think I, you know, I'll say this, that, you know, you should have been Ed Sheeran before Ed Sheeran. There you go. <laughs> I, well, I, I won't I won't I won't uh, claim that neither should Ed Sheeran. Yeah. I've seen many, many incredible artists yeah. uh, do this. I mean, I saw in I don't think I think it was in 2000 where Victor Wooten was using like four of them doing incredible things and um, Howie Day was doing it. So uh, for me, it, it became a tool because I was doing a lot of three hour shows and I don't do covers or, you know, I just right. do very limited covers. So when you're playing three hours at a you know corner bar, you're like, how do you keep people interested? And so with a guy on a guitar. So I started doing that, but I wanted to always do it very minimalistic. And so um, I remember one day I was playing my guitar and I all of a sudden I looped something and I realized that my voice was coming through the, 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 the guitar. And I realized that there was an internal mic on my, on my, I didn't know it, in my pickup. And so I started, you know, banging more on the guitar. So it just became more elaborate. And again, I use it um, as a feature, as a, just as a, as a moment um, just like a belt, like if somebody, you know, you're singing and you just, I have a good voice, so I'll just give a belt, but it's just all about, you know, creating a, a moment uh, during a show. I love it. Now in the movie Pitch Perfect, the, you know, um, Anna Kendrick's character, if you ever see the movie, I have never no. seen him. All right. Well, <laughs> in the movie, uh, in one of them, she does, she does a lot of mashups and then she does the, she comes out in the third movie and she does a whole thing with, uh, DJ Khaled and they, and it's like, Oh, oh, and she starts singing okay. and then she does the looping. I, I thought of you okay. immediately because I was oh, uh, I was like, when I yeah. see you do it, I was like, well, there you go. The, but, but the movie Pitch Perfect, you should you should watch it. It's, it. I love music. So I I love those type of movies. They do the you know, it's um, kind of uh, they do it with only their voice. But, you yeah, know, it's, yeah, kinda, it's the, it's yeah. the acapella. No, it's great. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I love the looping. It's, it's just fun, especially when you're just a one man show. Exactly. A one-man show who's awesome. And uh, why don't you uh, promote your uh, new uh, single uh, that you've got coming out, and uh, we'll put out your website. I'll, I'll make sure I, I get your website and everything on uh, my page as well on Lens Burning Bush. Sure. But talk about that. Um, well, it's uh, I have a brand-new single coming out March 23rd, which uh, is basically the third single of, a, of an EP that's coming out at the end of the year, and uh, that'll come out fully on a, I'm probably vinyl only. I don't think I've, I'm ready to do any more CDs, but uh, definitely vinyl. And it'll obviously be on all sorts, uh, you know, Spotify and, and so forth. But this single is a very, um, very introspective, very 
autobiographical for me. It's called Roots, Raices, and it's a song I wrote in 1996. I wrote it long, wow. long time ago, and it was a it was a um, basically an exercise, a stream of consciousness exercise, where I sat down and I put pen to paper and I did not stop writing. So the song was written, but the lyrics were written within a minute. I just started writing without thinking. And what was crazy about it, when I read it, it was basically me. It was, and it all made sense. It was not, there was no frag, there was no fragmentation in the, <clears throat> in the song. Uh, there's no chorus. It's just a, a long statement about who I am and, <clears throat> and my struggles as a, a, being a person that is different or who's a stranger in a strange, in a strange land or an immigrant. It can apply to people that are from the outside coming in and how my, talents uh, are the things that keep me going even though I go through so many obstacles. And so the song's called Roots, Raices. It's a song in Spanish. And um, uh, <clears throat> I produced it uh, with um, Matt Odemark, uh, who's from Jars of Clay. Uh, it was a pretty famous band in, um, um, at the time, especially in the, in the 90s and 2000. And we've just ha had great chemistry. And uh, just really excited about it and excited about these these songs. I mean, the EP is going to be a, probably all Spanish or mostly Spanish. Um, most of the time I do mostly English, but this time I wanted to put out something speaking again about my roots and my raíces. And so that's why I thought in Spanish was appropriate. Yeah. And, and, and you know, when you when you do perform at Jay's, you do a little bit of Spanish and you know, a cinco, cinco, cinco uh, mas. Yeah, cinco yeah. mas. Hey, all right. Well, I'm, I'm trying here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't speak very well Spanish, but I can uh, can do that. But I, I enjoy it. You know, I, like, like you said, we don't know necessarily uh, what you're saying, but we get it from the way the music is going. You can you can get a little bit of a gist from it. And it's it's awesome to to hear it. So I I love sure. the fact that you do the songs in Spanish as well. Yeah, and I, and I think it's the mix. You know, if I, I I understand if I did an entire show in Spanish for a non-Spanish speaking, I, I would lose them. But I think if you bring them in, you do three songs, you start understanding the 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 spirit of of the artist and what he's trying to say or she's trying to say. And so, I think people do understand that universality well, in the music. It's good stuff. Um, this w weekend, of course, now we're going. You know, we, we're going to kind of transition a little bit to springing forward which is kind of interesting. I like to say in my 20s, I used to spring forward, but now I proceed with care. It's kind of, <laughs> instead of springing forward, you know, the hashtag proceed, proceed with care. But now we got to deal with the, with the time change. The good part yes. is, I wish we would keep it here once we change it because the sun level, you know, it's 9, 9, 9.30 in the summer. I know. And it's light. Uh, that's, it just gives you an extra spring in your step. Pardon the, uh, the pun, right? No, I, absolutely. I, I actually, this is the time. I, I hate it when it gets dark so early. Yeah. Um, uh, I love, I hate getting up in the darkness. So for me, this is, is great, especially coming from Spain. In Spain, it, it didn't, doesn't get dark in the summer until about, 10 30 or 11 which is wow. why you see kids in the street over three o'clock in the morning and and they're still playing we just can't we just got out there <laughs> we just finished dinner exactly uh but yeah hopefully we'll i, I like to just have it where we spring forward and then we don't go back i don't like I the fall it. back right can we can we just keep it there speaking of going back kind of the uh getting back to the music stuff the Bee Gees, uh, apparently there's going to be a movie in the works, um, according to Variety. The biopic uh, is going to delve into the fame of the Bee Gees from the 60s and 70s. I did watch, they had a kind of a documentary on HBO that was sure. awesome. 
it's just such a sad story that, you know, Barry's the only one left because they, I, I don't know what, you know, if that's an influence of yours, but they, there's so many great things about the Bee Gees that it just, you look at the way they started, then they changed their song, their tune. And there's a story in the uh, documentary that Eric Clapton advised them to go to Miami to record because they were kind hmm. of in a situation where they weren't coming up with stuff. And right. they went to Miami and they went on a bridge and they heard the sound of the, the song Jive Talking, which is, yeah, which I, is where I've they, heard this story, yeah, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite the, BG songs yeah. of all time. Everybody likes all the, the Saturday Night Fever stuff, but the beat, that song to me, Jive Talking, when that comes on, it's just like, I, I, it oh, takes yeah. me back to when I was a kid. And I just enjoy that. Um, I, you know, they, I don't know if they were an. They have to have been of an influence. I mean, I grew up. Uh, my my brother was is older than I am, and he he brought to the house Saturday Night Fever, the the record. And man, I used to play that all the time, and just thought it was phenomenal. But then, not not only that, I'm, um, uh, you know, there's an album called he brought bought an album called uh, was it Tragedy or it had the song yeah. Tragedy and. Yeah. Uh, nobody, it was a heaven no more. It's nice times a mount. I mean, great songs. They were just phenomenal. They are full. He, yeah. Barry's still, Barry's still with us and, uh, phenomenal writers. Uh, there's one, those are, there these artists that are, you, you hate to admit that you love them. <laughs> a lot of yeah. people do. I love to admit that I love them. I think they're, they're phenomenal. Oh, I do too. And I think a lot of people just put them in the disco world, but if you listen to all their songs, oh, yeah. they're all over the place. And, they, and one of the things that was kind of interesting in the documentary that was on HBO is that they talk about the fact that they, one time that Barry did something in the studio and that's kind of where that, eh, you know, that kind of the right. way they do it. Um, the falsetto. The, yeah. yeah falsetto, falsetto. All of a sudden they're like, where's this been? Like you could yeah. have done this, and so they did it, and then all of a sudden you look at that. They they put out the Saturday Night Fever. They had it on a little cassette. They just put it all together on a little cassette, and they went ahead and did a whole movie Saturday Night Fever. They based it around that every song. Yeah, that, if you listen, if you I just oh, watched the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It, it, it really is. But uh, in the music industry, I love it. Um, and one one of the other interesting music stories that I found today. Uh, this is something. Hopefully, you'll get to the point where you'll be able to afford this this home but gene simmons uh kiss front man is selling mm-hmm. his beverly hills home now he's selling it for 25 million i think he had it listed originally at about 22 23 million but he's but he had some you know they did some renovations so come on you know 20, 20 <laughs> 25 million now listen to this though this 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 is where how much do you need right i mean i always like to say any more than 2500 square foot do you really need you know more right. but this is kind of interesting and it features a wealth of amenities which it should for 25 million but it has a 60 foot water slide 60 foot water slide a tennis court professionally tennis court and you can park 35 cars so other than jay leno do you know anybody else that has 35 yeah, cars no. <laughs> i mean all I know is that John Travolta has a has a runway in, yeah. his, in his house and an yeah. airplane, but that other than that, that's pretty much it. I always remember the movie Arthur, where they say, "I always like a living room that you can land a plane in." <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Apparently, the runway is what uh, we need a runway in uh, there. But uh, you know, interesting that uh, twenty five million dollars for a home. But Gene Simmons. I hope he gets it. God bless him. He deserves every penny of it, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. I was, I always was a Kiss fan, but I'm not a Gene Simmons fan. So. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So maybe you shouldn't get it. I remember what was kind of funny. Um, they performed in Cincinnati a couple. I saw them a couple. I love Kiss, but what was interesting is Paul Stanley 
uh, in the second time I saw them, they started to get a little bit older. And, you know, they're in their 60s, obviously. Sure. Um, Gene's uh, in his 70s now. So this was a couple of years ago. And I, Paul Stanley gets up on stage, and I swear I thought I was listening to a Jewish grandmother. Hello, Cincinnati. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is dwar- a- he, he's kind of morphed into the Jewish grandmother on stage. But, that is so funny. <laughs> but they still play pretty well. But, they're, you know, it's one of the interesting things about music is, uh, you know, if you would have chosen, I, I think it was, I, I don't remember who said this, um, a musician once said that if they had a choice between being a pro baseball player, a pro football player, or a musician, they would still choose the musician because you can't be playing you can't be playing baseball at seventy years old, but you could still be well, playing music, true. right? Absolutely, yeah. and that's what we hope for. And Javier, you're still young, so you got plenty of years to go well, on I this. Know, <laughs> I had a stretch before this interview. Yeah, yeah. Well, me too. I stressed and pulled something. Um, but one thing um, during this whole pandemic, everybody's been watching, you know, television and uh, and of course Netflix. But one thing you don't want to do now, I don't know if you do this, but this is something we got to stop, is the sharing of passwords for Netflix. Mm-hmm. So if you've given your your cousins your password or everybody, yeah. but Netflix is going to be tracking down on this stuff now. So now oh, you wow. actually no, have to, I yeah. I don't share it. No, no neither I do I, but, well, maybe I do, I do actually. I have left I have left the uh, the Netflix uh, on at hotels where I have to change again my my password because I'm like oh my god now I just left it on yes. so whoever comes in but uh, other than that I you know I've, I've never shared it I I don't even share with my kids <laughs> <laughs> well that's a good thing because I think they they get too much this I, right. we, we've had these conversations about about children and it's just like uh, on my shows going back and I, I love them to death but. Uh, they are exhausting. It's like 80% of the time they're wonderful. It's the 20% that you want to take your eye out with a pickaxe. Right. Yeah. And, and it's the one that makes you age. It's the 20%. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but the unfortunate news that uh, J-Lo and A-Rod are breaking up. I mean, I, I can't believe yeah. it. Oh, they were such a great couple. You saw them on New Year's Eve. I actually was going to throw up in my mouth so, a little so bit. So J-Lo's available. J-Lo's available. There you go. Well, I don't think your uh, your wife would uh, appreciate no, that. But, but it, it keeps the dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she uh, they they performed a New Year's, or she performed a New Year's Eve on the Rock and Eve show. And I remember the kiss with her and A-Rod. I'm like, oh, God, can you turn it off already? I don't want to see this. Who, who wants to see this? I, I have a hard time with the glam world, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the good things is on this show is you're going to be able to to sing a little bit because I, I like sure. this. I had Dave Black on. Dave did a, a an instrumental uh, guitar riff, and he did a great job. And then I had uh, the band Blue Jelly, friends of ours, and they, they wrote um, – how can you sleep when Lens Bush is burning? And I thought that was oh, it, based wow. on the, the Midnight Oil song. And that yeah. was on. We had that on. So now you're going to perform. And I'm not putting any pressure on you. You could do whatever song sure. you like. But I just want the audience to hear how great you are. And make oh, sure you go thanks. to Hobocane.com and uh, make sure you uh, listen to Javier Mendoza, Hobocane, because it's good stuff. So, Javier, I'll let you, right. I'll let you get set up. So let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. All right. I love that. I love that you're always ready. All right, here we go. It's been a lifetime since you left. I'm lost in the night, and the pavement never ends. But what I said and what I meant doesn't matter anymore. 
when the booze tells me pretend that you are still mine and my laughter never dies tonight I vow to change to feel your hope I'm much better than before and I can make this work if you can mend so can love in every war I believe I believe and what a fool I have been you I never let you in But I can start over again Change is a constant It won't let you pretend That you are still mine And my laughter never dies Tonight I vow to change, to feel your hope. I'm much better than before, and I can make this work if you can, man. So can love in every war, I believe. Yeah. I believe. Tonight, I vow to change, to feel your hope. I'm much better than before, and I can make this work if you can mend. So can love in every war, I believe the truth is gold. The love don't die If you make it yours and mine If you can hear me now I hope you smile Cause I understand the reasons now Oh, the reasons now Yes, I understand the reasons now. Yes, I understand the reasons now. Wow. That was just awesome. And Javier Mendoza, Hobo Kane. Thank you. It is, uh, it is a pleasure to have you on. I can't wait Man, to see you, you so again much. in person. This is nice, but I'd rather, I can't wait to see you in person again. I, Share a glass I of wine either. at Jay and Cherie's house. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, my best to you and your family. Now, you can like Thank Lens you. Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning yes. Bush. You can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. There's a YouTube channel now, Len Harvey, that takes the episodes. Uh, and, and puts the audio up on YouTube as well. You can listen iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, 
Podbean, iHeartRadio, tune in. You can even ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush podcast on Amazon Music and now Stitcher. We got 32 states. I even have some countries. Uh, we have a download all the time in the UK. Uh, Australia has, has gotten involved, Canada. I don't know why, but good for them that they're listening. Absolutely. Uh, we can only, we can only keep it going and hope that it does it. Next week, we will be the 50th episode already of Lens Burning Bush. And I started this That's on awesome. April the 12th last year. I uh, did an episode. I just kind of... Uh, did a 12-minute rant without any script. I just kind of ran it through, and that started it. And then I figured I need to bring on a guest every week because I think it's a little bit better than just hearing me talk all the time. Well, I appreciate you yeah. uh, having me on. So. Oh, well, I love it. Uh, thanks, Javier Mendoza. Uh, make sure you uh, tune in again. Next week will be episode number 50. Uh, I'm Len Harvey back again another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So, so long.